Hi, folks. Uh, this week, our interview talks about death care, uh, veterinary death care, pet death, uh, EDS, ADHD, infidelity, trauma, and death, uh, veterinarian, uh, bipolar, and privilege. So consider yourself warned on that, but it's still a really good interview. Uh, the other thing to be aware of is we have pets. Uh, most of them, I believe, are asleep right now because I'm recording this by myself late at night. Well, late for us anyway. But, uh, you know, Sergei may still come in to demand things because he hasn't demanded his, uh, his third dinner or whatever it is yet. Um, which, of course, leads to the third warning, which is we tend to swear a lot and I allow my guests to swear. And this is your warning now. Often we're swearing at the pets, but not always. Anyway, those are your three warnings. And so, uh, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 252. Ursula was on another podcast tonight, and so she's not with me to record. Uh, she is upstairs resting and packing. We're taking a little road trip, and we've got somebody coming to watch everything. Um, so, and it's going to be interesting because uh, the plan right now is we're taking the baby, baby chicks with us because they're in like prime socialization and being gone for a couple days will ruin that. Not that they aren't currently mad at me anyway, because they had pasty butt, which meant I was picking them up, looking at their butts and then getting their butts wet to kind of clear that up. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're a little uh, uh, pissy with me right now anyway. So that's going to be exciting. It's the first time we've traveled like this with baby chickens. We'll see how it works out. All that being said, um, good week uh, for me, I guess. Uh, it's a four-day weekend coming up for me, and, you know, projects continue apace. It's really weird to have finished a big, big thing and not having pressing over me and being able to look at other things and not have that constant whatever in the background, but also... I suddenly don't feel like I'm accomplishing as much because while I'm making forward momentum, I don't have a crunch. And so it's much slower to go. And so, you know, that's, that's sort of where I'm at with that. It's, it's an interesting, interesting place to be. Um, anyway, uh, that really is about it for this week. Um, you know, I wish I had nuggets of wisdom or new new things for you, but I really don't. What I do have is I have this amazing chat I had back in March with Ace Tilton Radcliffe. And for those of you who don't know Ace or who Ace is, you are in for a treat. They are uh, possibly one of my favorite people on Twitter and on the internet. And I know I say that a lot, and it's because I have a lot of favorite people on the internet, but really I've been following Ace for, I don't know how many years now. Uh, and we talk a little bit about that. Um, but Ace is just such a joy to talk to. And we had such a great conversation. I'm just excited to share it with you. So we'll have that for you right after this.
Hi, folks. I am here today with Ace Ratcliffe, and I am really excited about this interview. And I'm going to tell you why, because I've been following Ace on Twitter since before they lived where they are now, before a whole bunch of stuff back when you were doing like literally the Mortuary Report blog. Oh, shit, that's doing... so long ago. I know. This is one of those, this is, you're a bucket list interview for me, and I'm really excited to have <laughs> you today. <laughs> that makes my heart so happy. Thank you. <laughs> so can you do probably a, a much less fanboy moment inter- introduction of yourself than I just did? <laughs> um, let's see. What do I usually call myself? I'm Ace Tilton Ratcliffe. Uh, mm-hmm. My pronouns are they, them. I am a former mortician turned multimedia, multidisciplinary artist, freelance writer, um, disability activist, and I also still work in death care with my partner. Uh, We do in-home pet euthanasia um, here in South Florida. We do a lot. I do a lot. (laughs) Yeah. In-home pet euthanasia, that's, that's, yeah. That's Definitely, yeah, sort of the, the end-of-life care, and you're still helping families the way you would in, uh, I'm going to put it in air quotes, your traditional, like, uh, setting, but it's much more, I guess it's much cozier um, and, and a little yeah. easier on the transition than sitting in a vet's office, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think there are plenty of pets, mostly dogs, who love the vet but i think it's a lot easier to go through the experience when you're at home and everybody is comfortable and you can snot all over yourself in the comfort of your own home and you don't have to be pushed out because the room needs to be used or you don't have a doctor who is you know getting called away for an emergency i think it just makes the whole process better and I, we get to spend as much time as we want to there, as much time as people need us there. And I get to take yeah, all yeah. of the skills that I learned from human death care, and I get to apply them in veterinary death care. And I think that veterinary death care is better for it. I th- Yeah, absolutely. Um, because honestly, in, in my experience and the experience, I'm sure of several people, it, it can be very difficult, uh, especially in you know, the sterile confines of a vet's office and Mm -hmm. they don't always have the, you know, comfy chairs or someplace. Like I have spent more than one of those events, you know, sitting on linoleum floor versus, yeah. just sucks so much. And, you know, the veterinarians I have Mm -hmm. found don't get a whole lot of training about how to talk about the process of dying and how to talk about death. And veterinary medicine and human medicine are very similar in that they select for people who, I mean, in order to get through the system and to deal with all of the things that you're dealing with, you you have to kind of be able to take all of your feelings and put them over here and deal with them later. And later might just be never. Um, But that doesn't make for a really great experience with the family. So, Yeah, yeah. Or um, my first vet here in town was... He was the horse doctor 
Um, mm-hmm. because when we got here, it was much more, when I first moved here, it was much more rural. So mm-hmm. he was a little more, he was a lot blunter and a lot more matter of fact than most of the, the vets. Cause it's a different, when you're working on farms and with farm animals, it's very, it's a very different discussion. Right? It's a totally so, different discussion. Yeah. And a lot of, it's a different experience and it's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. And all of it is different. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, with all that going on. And I mean, all the other things I know you have kind of going on the side on the social media and, and this, that, and the other, um, how do you keep yourself organized? That is such a good question. So I have a degenerative disease called hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and it's a collagen disorder. And a lot of people are familiar with collagen as being in our skin, but they don't recognize that collagen is essentially the connective tissue of every system in your entire body. Um, It's in your organs, it's in your bones, it's in your ligaments, it's in your muscles. Uh, There is no part of you that does not have collagen in it. So when your body makes collagen incorrectly at a genetic level, a lot of things can go very um, fucky. This is the best adjective I have found. Um, and that, uh, the level of fuckery is unique for every single patient. Um, yeah. some people end up just being kind of bendy and you get ballerinas and people who work in Cirque du Soleil and, you know, they kind of get along fine. Um, some people have widespread issues that make it so that they can't even leave their house and it's totally variable. Um, a lot of us deal with brain fog. I certainly deal with a lot of brain fog. And brain fog, for those who are not familiar, although I suspect that your audience is probably very familiar, uh, is just kind of memory issues. Um, For me, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. If it is not in my calendar, it's gone. It doesn't matter. You could tell me every single day at the exact same time up until the event happened, and my brain would not hold on to it. It has disappeared. So it has to be in my calendar, written down with multiple reminders leading up to the event, uh, preferably in like two week, one week, three day, two day, one day, one hour, 30 minutes, 15 minutes. And that is how I remember things. Otherwise, right. it's goodbye. Yeah, which is which is a, a stark contrast to Ursula, who if there is an event on a day, that is all that day will contain. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and that that's, uh, I guess, part of her anxiety and her ADHD and that like, so if she has a doctor's appointment, it might be a 15 minute doctor's appointment, but that's all that day does, whether she gets writing done or not, or anything like this is, is code totally inconsequential. It, that inconsequential that day is specifically for the doctor's appointment. Right. Um, Yeah. You've got that frozen, uh, the ADHD Mm -hmm. freeze. I know there's a specific term for it, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah, I I have no idea. And so it's it's interesting to see that sort of uh, a difference of the people who need all of the different systems to make sure they don't miss one thing. And the other person who is so focused on the one thing that nothing else can possibly happen Mm -hmm. on that day or in that Mm -hmm. time slot or whatever. Yeah. Um, so how, how many, how many, how many post-it notes do you have? How many paper planners are you all digital at this point? (laughs) You know, I 
have primarily switched to being all digital. I used to be mm-hmm. kind of a, a paper planner fanatic, um, and that would be how I would do everything. Um, but now, <laughs> you know, I just kind of find that it, it it doesn't, it's not as effective for me. I live so much of my life with my computer in my hand that this right. is what I tend to rely on. Um and there's so much kind of efficacy that I can find in the digital world. You know, there's mm-hmm. an app that reminds me to take my medications. There's a right. reminders app that will, you know, set me up at a day, a time or a place or be GPS coordinated. You know, there's a calendar yep. and it will set me up for repeating reminders. So I am really reliant upon my my digital um phone really at this point um sometimes i'll use the post-it notes i feel like the post-it notes or paper tend to be really item specific so like i've got one right here so i've got my this is the schedule for feeding the the snakes um (laughs) this is the schedule for feeding the spiders (laughs) right right um or if i'm working on a particular project um, the project will get sort of, uh, I didn't take a picture of it today, but I was working on three different projects on my bench uh, in mm-hmm. the studio. And I was setting stones in three different projects and the stones were in three different sizes. And so I have this little plastic divider that used to hold blackberries and raspberries and blueberries, but I ah, thought yes, it was just yes. the greatest little thing. I love um, containers like that. Yes. Oh, good. Where you look at it and you're like, oh, I can use you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that one right now is, you know, it's got the, the sticky note and it's a you know, three millimeter flush setting. And then it's got all of my burrs and bits and everything that I need mm-hmm. for that project. So it's really, um, I will use paper, but not for kind of the big everyday reminders. Those are for, to keep me on track for right. sort of the littler projects or the littler reminders. And especially so that you're not looking at going, crap, what was this for? Because I, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It, yeah. Again, it's just mm-hmm. disappeared. Doesn't, it's gone. It's gone. And I have no sense of time. Like I looked over at the feeding schedule um, the other day and just realized I, I'm literally off by a week. Thank God that snakes are snakes. Yes. Um, and so I'm off by a week. I thought that it had been, you know, a one period of time and it has been a week longer than that period of time. Ah, yes, and, yes. Uh, yeah. Would not, could not have told you that that, where the fuck did that time go? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the last three weeks, three weeks. Has it been three weeks? Uh, two weeks, I guess. Cause it feels Since like the it's, cruise since the cruise, it feels like it's been forever and Mm -hmm. yet it's only been like two weeks. So I feel like time um, gets really strange. The older you get it, it, some parts move faster and some parts for whatever reason, move slower. It's just weird. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And actually now that I think about it, I also have a giant whiteboard that takes up my Ah. freezer basically. Okay. Um, and that is also how I track, um, you know, I'm very, I have a lot of privilege in that, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have this year, we can afford somebody to come help with some chores. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, I'll put like the cleaning lady on there because I have forgotten about her before and she's shown up and I've been sound asleep and she's been like, well, I'm here to help you. And I'm like, <laughs> let me pay you extra for the fact that I need you to come back. Thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that is also a place where I put like reminders about what food is in the fridge because the time thing it's also gone oh, yeah. in terms of what's there i know that adhders are real familiar with that mm-hmm. um if, if it's not written down and when i bought it then it will just rot in the fridge yeah um if if it's the the objects per the object permanence thing if you don't see it all the time it doesn't exist it only exists while you can see it um yeah yeah my worms have eaten really good over the last year or two. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, mealworms, it turns out, if you give them a spaghetti squash that it's getting towards maybe a little longer than you, you should consider eating it, that they will happily hollow it out until there's nothing but an empty skin that you can poke your finger through. So. Dude, I- you tweeted that to me, and I yeah. literally went out and bought a, a spaghetti squash that is sitting on. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. on my counter. I'm waiting for it to get just a little bit ripe so I can throw it in the culture because I'm I'm ready. I want them to go. I want to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I actually might have just to get them started. Poked a little hole in it. They don't need it because, yep. like, I you know look at the bottom and there's like they've drilled holes through. But I'll, I'll just just give them that hint and then it's on. And then they go. Ugh. It's on. I yeah. Love- Bugs are so cool, man. I love them. I, I I just like being able to take a handful out and have uh, Becky is especially happy with. Oh my God, live mealworms! Becky and, La- and Lorge and <laughs> uh, not yeah, and Lorge and Strong Independent Chicken are just yeah. The the younger ones are just like I. It wiggles. I'm not sure about this. So. <laughs> I have uh, three jumping spiders right now, which mm-hmm. is how I ended up with the colony of the mealworms. Um, ah, yes. Because you can't really buy mealworms in like packs of three. You buy them in packs of like 50 at the smallest. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, shit, I guess now I have a colony of mealworms. Um, and two of them really like the mealworms. And one of them is like crickets or bust. That's all I want. So. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, rainbow mealworms is is my source for the live ones so typically good to know good to know yes. well i if you wanted them i could probably send you mealworm. <laughs> that's all right give me give me a year and i could probably send you chickens um yes we'll this is gonna be a great trade <laughs> yes sorry we uh, we have to make a, a road trip to a back to South Florida deer or delivering chickens and picking up mealworms. What? Yeah. Um, I've started keeping the isopods too. And what nobody tells you about isopods is there's no ooh. birth control for them. Uh, not really. No, nope. No. So no, um, sort of, you sort of opt into being part of the isopod selling culture by keeping isopods because you okay. can stop them. Yeah, so, yeah. so I, I, if you want isopods, I've got them too. Those are mostly pretty, though. They're not for eating. Oh, because I, I immediately looked out and I said, I know somebody who'll give it a try at least. Well, I, actually, <laughs> so there are the there's a couple of them that could be for eating. There's okay. fancy ones, and then there's eating ones. You can ah, have yes, yes, yeah. I bet now. I, I bet uh, uh, you know Sean McGuire, right? 
Yeah, I bet Shannon would be all about the fancy ones. That seems no, right up Shannon's aisle. Yeah. Actually, because Shannon is all about the uh, the mm-hmm. the the you, you, stick bugs. Can't see and the, me. Yep. Yeah. Making the praying mm-hmm. mantis. There we go. Mm-hmm. Couldn't remember the word. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, all right. So you've got the whiteboard to uh, help keep track of all that sort of thing. The paper for the feeding schedules and who has and hasn't eaten, which you're off on. And, um, uh, yeah. And then all your individual project things and then digital. Yeah. Is it, is it just calendar and reminders? And, you know, do you have any of the, are you using any of the fancy specialized tools or is it like, this is what comes with the phone and the tablet and the machine and you it know, all just works. That's what we're, I've tried to opt into some of the more complicated ones and it's just mm-hmm. too many options for my brain. Um, it's sort of like object permanence with variables. Um, yeah, okay. There's too many of them <laughs> for me. <laughs> I want a simple system. I want to be able to cross things off or just mark it off, and that's what works for me. Um, and and that's and that's good. You know, I was thinking mm-hmm. about this. I was thinking about productivity in general, and you know, last year, um, I've been kind of open about this on my social media. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband and I have been together for almost seven years now. Um, And last year um, we started going through this really hard time in our marriage because uh, I had discovered that he had been having um, affairs through our relationship. And um, I kind of put it out there publicly because I was, not in a great mental space and i was like i'm off everybody's gonna be able to tell that i'm off might as well just talk about it um also i feel like we don't really talk about infidelity in our existence um it's it's yeah it's it's a taboo it's It's like oh you got caught right right you know you don't talk about it when you're doing it you feel ashamed when you get caught and then uh we pity the person who was yeah totally how it works yeah yeah especially if you you know make the decision to stay which so far Mm -hmm. uh, you know i have already there's a there's a lot of variables that you have to worry about when you're a disabled person and you are dependent Mm -hmm. upon another human for your health insurance um oh yeah and and you know they're the main breadwinner for the household and all that jazz but also you know i've been with him for seven years for a reason Mm -hmm. uh and so you know, immediately, in a lot of ways, it was sort of a, a relief because, you know, he'd have these big secrets and he'd been carrying them around. And finally, it was like, well, we burned that house of cards down. So now I get to start over. Right. Um, so we made an agreement that we would do, you know, pretty intensive therapy couples mm-hmm. and individual for a year. And then we would reevaluate and see how things were going at a year. And one of the things that I found um, that trauma will do to you is that immediately after this came out and I was in the middle of recovering from hip surgery and, right, yeah. um, you know, I had this massive trauma happen is that my productivity just tanked. You know? Oh, yeah. It was gone. Yeah. There was there was nothing. My brain was mush. I was made of bananas. There was no way that I could write anymore. Trying to make art was impossible. I was fucking frozen. Yep. Um, and I felt a lot of guilt about that because we live in this society where we are, you know, capitalism measures our value and our worth by productivity. And when you can't make anything, 
mm-hmm. and you're not making money and you're not contributing to the household, um, you know, you lose your value as a human. Yeah. Uh, which is so fucked up and so broken. It's, uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, so I, I kind of decided to embrace the lack of productivity in a lot of ways. And then instead of beating myself up for not being able to write and not being able to make art, I, you know, like I said, this, there's a shit ton of privilege in this. Um, I gave myself a break and I was lucky to be able to do that. And I know that a lot of people are not going to be able to do that. Um, But I just stopped. I haven't written anything uh, freelance probably in a year at this point. Um, I stopped writing entirely for six months because I was feeling so guilty about not being able to produce words. So I just said, fine, I'm on a sabbatical. I don't have to write for six months. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I walked away from making art. I walked away from all of the the other artwork that I do. Um, and I just decided to stop being hard on myself about the fact that I wasn't able to mm-hmm. be productive for that period of time. And being able to take that break ultimately has led to me being able to be more productive. Um, and so I think that that is really a value that we don't talk about enough. I think maybe we're talking about it a little bit more now that people are working from home and sort of, you know, there's a lot of those who are able to push back against the constraints of their, their work environment and able to say, no, I need breaks. No, the system is broken. No, I need to take vacations. No, my brain is not supposed to be working all the time. Um, I think that when you're able to do that, you see that on the rebound, it turns out that you're, you're able to do a lot more. And, you know, that's where ultimately then I was able to turn around and start getting into metalworking where, you know, now I'm in private classes. I have a studio that's coming. I have sort of kind of obsessively jumped into that, but I've also been able to be really productive in this brand new craft because I was able to take a break. Um, and the same with writing. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's, it's even, in in a sense i mean one of the things and i've talked about this before the company i work for is is very mm-hmm. big on and this starts at the top level so i know how privileged i am and how um and and how at least the the boardroom and the sea levels and and all the way down are are at least thinking about these things in the you know even our ceo um and founder are like so hey if you're going on vacation, just turn off your work email. Mm-hmm. Uninstall Slack. There's nothing so important that it can't wait while you're on vacation. Like mm-hmm. and hearing that from the top down instead of everybody sort of grumbling like, well, I'm on vacation. So here's the backup contact in case something blah, 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 blah. Um, it's kind of refreshing, but it still says that how broken are we that we have to have the leadership of a corporation tell us to let go. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, I come from I I started working in the restaurant industry when I was 15. Um I'm 35 now. So I did I, that was high school, all of college, that was how I put myself through college. Um, you know, taking full-time classes, working 40 hours a week. The restaurant industry is just absolutely brutal. Um, oh, yeah. you know, 
you work weekends, you don't have time off. I never went to football games or anything in college. Like I didn't do fun stuff. I worked. Um, you don't and, work, you don't get paid. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. on your feet and it's a very physically demanding job and people are <laughs> fucking assholes and you have to just smile through all of it because that's how you get paid. Um, and then I went straight from that into working in mortuaries, which is its own kind of service industry where, yeah. you know, grieving people can be very hard on you. And you also have to smile through, you know, people mm -hmm. having the worst day of their lives because that is oh, yeah. your job. And the mortuary industry in some ways is even more brutal than the restaurant industry in terms of not getting time off. Um, there is absolutely no mental health resources available in the mortuary, or there wasn't when I was part of the industry. Right, right. Um, I think it's getting a little bit better, but mm. you know the the old school idea of of well, if you can't deal with the trauma that you're dealing with on a daily basis, then you're not cut out for this work. Instead right. of holy shit. You know, you had to hold a dead baby yesterday. There's a content warning for you. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I've already, I've already um, got death care in here. So, yeah. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of saying, like, holy shit, that is an extremely mentally rigorous experience and you mm -hmm. deserve to go to therapy, take time off, work through how challenging that is, work through how difficult it is. You know, it's just tough it out. Um, drink yeah. like the rest of us. You know, basically. <laughs> yeah. I, how much of that do you think? And this is this is going to be uh, because I remember you when you were posting about making that of the decision to leave the industry for these very reasons, right? Mm -hmm. um, but how much of that is because, as an industry, it it is so focused on family businesses, um, often generational, multi generational. And that it's not necessarily, it, it's treated more as a, this is your calling and this is our family's calling. And, you know, it, there isn't space, I guess, built in to it the same way there is in the bigger, broader, like you can't just say yes. Uh, there, there is no, I, I can't just say yes. I would like to open a pardon this this is going to be terrible but you know a mccoffins down the road um and uh and hire in people to do death care you know mcfunerals mm -hmm. um yeah uh, you know and you get into something cool. like that yeah and you've got suddenly you've got space to be able to say hey you, you can take time off because we've got coverage but if it's your family business you're letting your family down the moment you yeah Right? I'm going to let you in on the dirty little secret. Okay. And the dirty little secret is that McCoffins already exists. Oh! And okay. what they do is they go in and they buy family-owned funeral homes and family-owned mm -hmm. businesses, and they do not change the name. Okay. And then you just keep on operating under the assumption that you are working with the same funeral home that you buried like great, great grandpa at and great grandpa mm -hmm. and grandpa. And now it's actually uh, one of the, the uh, there's like two or three big players in the industry that go uh -huh. in and do this. Um, and, you know, I think there's a mix of it, right? Because I've worked for both. Right. I've worked for corporate and I've worked for family owned. Um, mm -hmm. And the bullshit is the same. 
It's, it's okay. different flavors of the same bullshit. You know, you right, have corporate right. bullshit where it's like, hey, you have quotas to meet. You need to go in there and you need to sell this much to, you know, a grieving family, which was one of the what? reasons why I got out. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Hold on. What the actual fuck? Right. Exactly. Sorry. It's sorry. So yeah. Fucked. Okay. It's yeah, so fucked that's up. That's fucked up. Yeah. And it just makes you feel dirty. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. not the reason that you go into death care, even a right, little right. bit. Um. And to have somebody call you in and and to tell you that you're not meeting your numbers, like go fuck yourself, you know that's right? not yeah, that's not what I want to do. Um, and then on the other side of it, you know, from the the family owned business, those usually do operate where it's a it really is a family owned business, and there's not enough people, um, and you become this just very closely knit like fucked up little nucleus of bullshit and nobody right. has enough time off and there's just it's just messy and everybody has problems and there's just no room for breathing or existing outside of this broken nucleus of this is not just what we do but who we are so huh. you can't win either way i think some yeah. people are trying to come in and like you know, alter the industry and and do things naturally and do things differently. But mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, like so much in America, it's really hard to fight <laughs> just the, the grinding wheel of, of capitalism and money making. Yeah, our, our whole thing was while we were in Tibet was uh, if if something if something catastrophic happens, just give me a traditional Tibetan sky burial. You don't need to take my me back to the States. Give me to the vultures. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, to, to a Westerner is just like, but it's incredibly eco-friendly as it were. Well, I think the thing about Westerners is it doesn't matter in a lot of ways. Like you can talk about cremation or embalming or blah, 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 any other type of disposition. And all of it is, yeah, you get two reactions when you're talking about death care. And one of them is, oh, I am so uncomfortable right now. And the other one is, please tell me everything. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Guess yeah, which one I often you. am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you followed me on the internet, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. We know where that's going, yeah. Um, <laughs> right on. Um, so that actually kind of actually does lead to the whole um, there are systems you use for death care, for guiding people through all of that sort of thing. But there are also systems and habits you're using to keep yourself organized. See what I did there? I'm very proud of myself for that. Um, so beautiful. What systems, yeah. What systems and, and <laughs> habits uh, do you do you find important? Okay, so I am very much a creature of habit. Um, mm-hmm. In that one of the things that I have developed is everything has a place and everything in its right place. Um, When I finish using a thing, it goes back to where it belongs. Um, At the end of the night, when I finish working in my studio, my studio gets cleaned up, no matter how much of an explosion it is. Um, When I finish working at my bench, my bench gets cleaned up. Everything goes back to where it belongs. and even at the end of the night in the house, before I get into bed, mm-hmm. I'll run through the house and, you know, do kind of a final like cleanup and put everything away and, and just sort of make sure that everything is back where it belongs. Because otherwise, I am just 
a, a tiny black star of just mess and explosion um, that just like it, it reaches so far beyond me. And I will look around and be like, how did I do that? It, I have taken up three rooms with this project. What the fuck? Um, so I really have to rein myself in if I want to be able to find things ever again yep. um, and move forward with the project. Um, Especially since object permanence is something other people have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also very big on labels. Um, you can't see my studio closet right now, but I have <laughs> um, everything is is organized into bins of varying sizes, and all mm-hmm. of those bins are see through, and all of those bins are labeled with their contents, and then all of the contents are put together. Um, so you know the the watercolors are next to the paint palettes are next to the paint brushes or the lino cut supplies are next to, <laughs> you know, the burnishers and everything is, yeah, you know, there's yeah. a method to the madness. Um, and I can see it for the most part because of that object permanence. Yeah. And, and I got to say the invention of, I'm staring at mine. I don't know. No, they're off camera. Uh, the invention of, of see-through bins has Magic. just been uh, amazing and i almost wish um i could get them in uh i i haven't seen them yet food grade buckets that are mostly Ooh. see-through um i started glassing eggs this week egg gla- uh, water glassing eggs for preservation and it occurs yep. to me now i'm gonna have i have this blue bucket that's going to someday be you know probably by the end of the summer full of eggs but i can't i won't be able to see it all have to take the lid off to see how many eggs are, or, you know, whatever. And I mm-hmm. just suddenly I'm like, I need food grade see-through five gallon buckets. Um, Those have to exist. They probably do. Um, I bet they may- do. I bet, you know, where you get them from, you like a restaurant supply. Place. I was just starting to think restaurant supply would be the place. Yep. Yeah. Cause I feel like I have seen them like in, in the mm-hmm. walk-in or in the kitchen. I bet they exist. Yeah. They just made me one makers. of those. Oh, label makers. Oh, my God, label makers. Yes. Do you have a label maker? Because I love my label maker. I bought it this year, and oh, the love affair is real. I, that thing is the best. So I got one, and it was um, primarily for me to take with me to work when we still had things like physical data centers and server closets. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. The company wasn't buying me one, so I bought a label maker and I would label all of my servers and all of my, you know, because uh, if I didn't, someone would confuse it or uh, I would confuse it because when you've got a a stack of Mm -hmm. 15, 30 black, identical pizza box sized machines, you, you can't, you literally can't tell them apart unless, you know. Yeah. Look for the one with the blinking light. Okay, you're going to have to be more specific as to what <laughs> blinking light. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the label maker is magic, mm-hmm. and I'm not surprised that you you have taken it to use for yourself. Uh, yeah, it's just it was. I think it might have been in the trunk of my old car, and that was also about the last time when I traded that one in. It was about the last time I had to go to a physical data center. So I'm I'm overdue for a new one. Um, but since I work from home and the do- my office is my domain and, you know, I know where everything is or is supposed to be in my office unless I move it or 
someone, where are you, Sergi? I know you're here somewhere, moves it for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why I keep all my desks clean and things put away is because if I don't, some, you know, he'll have a temper tantrum and it ends up on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there are pieces and of art I've had to take him down because he will knock them off the wall. So yeah. cats, yeah. that's part of why we love them. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> Little <I> mean, bastards. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, my my best boy Shaw right here in front of me. Hello, yes, baby. You, who's going to be two <laughs> in uh, two in July? I think. I think it's Tiny July. Tiny trouble. I have um. Oh, actually, they're they're cuddling, and if I try to move them, <laughs> oh, I, you got it, you got it, yeah. I will send you a picture of this because they're very yeah. cute. The uh, one of the puppies, and we have three cats right now. Um, <laughs> so our two cats that Derek came into the relationship with, Moxie mm-hmm. and Whimsy, died uh, sort of, kind of back Oof. to back. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a total bummer. Moxie had kind of always been sick. Whimsy got sick very unexpectedly. Whimsy is actually currently in our freezer because we are waiting on a taxidermist to uh, okay, have a line, yeah. get a little. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was, <laughs> that's our house. Um, and so I was like, no more cats. I'm so fucking sick of the litter box. I don't want to do it. Right, cats, right. absolutely no cats. And then, of course, you know, Derek is a veterinarian and he works emergency vet. And so. He sent me a picture of this teeny tiny little black void of a kitten who mm-hmm. everybody, he'd been hit by a car and everybody was like, his pelvis is shattered. He needs to be euthanized. There's no way this cat can survive. And Derek was like, I think this cat can survive. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking say no to a kitten. Bring the cat home. <laughs> and- that's how we ended up with Nyx. And then, uh, like, six months later, there was another one who also shattered pelvis. And we ended up having to amputate a leg. And, you know, we went to oh, yeah. probably four different surgeons. And the surgeons were like, this cat needs to be euthanized. And Derek was like, I think maybe they're talking about, like, the medical concept of disability. And I feel like mm-hmm. this cat is actually going to live fine as a disabled cat in our house. And I was like... I'm not going to say no to that um, argument. Nope. And that's how Cassandra came to live with us. And then just last week, uh, he sent me a picture of, you know, a six-week-old little fluff ball tail completely um, oh, yeah. stripped of skin. There's another oh, content warning. Um, yeah. Abscess on the back leg. Just somebody had probably chomped on it. Um, that tail was a hot mess. I had to pull maggots out of it. And he was like, you know... Again, pelvis is a whole hot mess. Uh, everybody says we should euthanize. And I was like, fine, three's a lucky number. Bring the cat home. And that's how we ended up with popcorn. I, I was going to say, I had just lost a couple months prior uh, one of my, my old men, uh, Smokey, mm-hmm. who had been with me for a decade, who I had captured uh, as probably about a six, eight-week-old kitten. Uh, mm-hmm. from one of the local colonies and uh he he was he was great and uh and when he passed we were I'm just like okay I need to take a little break we don't need any new cats um and then I was starting to think now well, maybe maybe it's getting on towards time for a kitten and shepherd shows up one day uh with this little tiny gray like big enough to hold in the palm of my hand 4 weeks old at most 
um, feral that had basically been apparently born on Dog Skull Patch under the the abandoned house and was telling Ursula how uh, they would find a home for this kitten. This was only temporary. And I I walked into the kitchen and I said, mine, and took him to my office immediately because, and then uh, we got, we captured, or we managed to catch um, his sister and three brothers. The sister went to live with my sister and Mm -hmm. her husband and her daughter and uh, two boys went to someone else. And then my little Shaw here, he's not little, he's, he's a full grown himbo. Um, No, they're all little, they're kittens and puppies forever. Well, well, at least, (laughs) at least he still lets me do this. I can, I can still hold him like a baby and scratch his belly. His brother will not allow this. Hobbs will not allow this, but Shaw is just like, okay. Nick's yeah. the same way. The belly scratch yeah. is allowed, and it's the yeah. best. It's now, the does Nix does Nix walk up to you and ask to be picked up? Because Shaw will come up and do the do the face wipey thing, and that's that's what he wants. He wants you to pick him up and 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 do his his belly. So yes, it's magical. I, you yes. know, I love dogs. My heart, my heart is is a, I'm a dog person at heart. That's what I grew <laughs> up with. I am literally in the process of writing a book about like puppies. Um, yeah. Right now, and how to take care of puppies, and what to do when you have a brand new puppy. Oh my! Um, yes. But I have really become a cat person. I would say that really shifted in the last, honestly, kind of the last year. Mm-hmm. Moxie never really felt like my cat. Whimsy and I had a really close bond, but it's a it's different when they come to you as kittens and you bond from the beginning, which is kind of an experience that I haven't had since I was real young. So yeah. I'm definitely finding that it turns out I, I I am more of a cat person than I thought I was. All of our animals, except, well, no, including at least one chicken, have, have come to us, as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw were born on the property, uh, you know, down the road. Um, Lacey, we went to, we were just stopping at the farm supply store and they were having a dog adoption event. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, look at the neat dogs. And she was just like, I want to go home with you. And I'm like, Oh, you belong here. You belong with me. Um, yep. You know, uh, sometimes the universe decides for you. I just, I just let the universe decide. I, you know, Ursula is all about, let us interview foster dogs and we will see, you know, we're interviewing for a job and I'm like, when the right one comes along, the universe will tell us it's the right one. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. We have a, a joke that, you know, the joke within my family is always, well, how long are you guys fostering that one for? Forever. <laughs> the answer is fucking forever. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Until they die. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I had nine cats when, uh, when Ursula first moved in because I was doing rescue and you can't, can't just rehome them all very, very quickly. And then, Suddenly, you find you can't rehome them all at all, and yeah, yeah, some yes, yeah. some no. So, nope, mm-hmm. us suckers. <laughs> yeah. So I can say that spending time with the cats and the dogs is definitely part of your 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 daily thing and, uh, yeah. and your habits. And yeah, they they're part of my habits, and they also keep me on track. Right? They they mm-hmm. require regular feeding. You have you know I, they have the most accurate internal alarm clock of any little critter I have ever met. Oh yeah. Um, they know breakfast time is at 7am and dinner time is at 530, but 515 if we can swing it. 
Um, the litter box has to be cleaned out twice a day. So that's a really good way to, to keep me on track through my day and sort yeah. of functional through my day. Even on days where I take a break or if I'm doing medical stuff, it's just medical mm-hmm. stuff and that's all I'm taking care of. You still, you know, they don't stop because you're taking a break. So Nope. Uh, I'm constantly looking out my window because it's getting dark and at some point I have to go verify that the doors have shut properly on the chickens and all that stuff because they, you know... Uh, while they're very independent and I've automated a lot of things, it's still, I have to make sure that everything works so that I don't get a predator in there, which is a whole different thing from Sergi, who is like, you know what? I know I just ate like three hours ago, but I could eat again. He is, he is by far the, the most, you know, I, I feel unloved serve me of all the cats. <laughs> You know, there's got to be yeah. at least one, if at not all one. of them. Shaw, Shaw, you can't. He's trying to dig through my other monitor now. He does that. <sighs> <sighs> you little weirdo. Here, I'll just. Just, I'll let, just letting you know I exist. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's actually really fucking cute. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's, it's really annoying when I'm trying to work. And he's like, no, no, there's a little thing in here and I have to get it. And I'm like, no, that's no. Um, for a, those of you who I'm do not to get productive. to see. Yeah. Those of you who don't get to see any of this, it is as cute as you imagine. Um, One day I'll get photos or a video, but he always stops before I can get my phone out. Um, Yes, you. Um, All right. Uh, So, any other systems or habits used to keep things? No, I feel like those are those are all the big ones. I feel like those are the the big the big chunky ones. Now that I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Well, and I, you know what? I guess probably the last one is just sort of setting things up in repetition. Oh. Um, like I have a writing group and we meet every week on Sundays at the same time. And that really keeps me sane uh, mm-hmm. and on track. Um, I have... I'm on, I'm the vice chair for two city boards, our library board and our art board. And that meets uh, monthly and that, you know, is a really kind of a good way to keep me on track for the month. I know mm-hmm. what that is. I, I know what's happening. Um, and then every two weeks are the city commission meetings, which I've been missing as of late. Um, I'm sorry, Boynton Beach. I'll be back. Um, but that's another really good way to kind of tell time. And so I, I mm-hmm. try to sort of set my life up in these intervals where it's a, it's a decent way for, for knowing how time passes yeah. and where I am in my week. And, and D&D, I just recently, we've just oh. recently started in-person D&D where we test before every session and there's people who were fully vaccinated and boosted and it's very exciting. <laughs> and we've been trying to do this weekly and, um, so that's a that's a fun way to also sort of keep track of oh, yeah. my life and keep on keep on session. It's awesome. Yeah. No, it's it's been Oh god, I think it's been close to 13 years for our group now since we we that's started so it. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. and it and it was always online because they were we were always sort of distributed across different places and mm-hmm. all of us are grown ass adults who have like day jobs, so it was like, yeah, no, we don't have like daytimes and weekends we have to do other things and so like monday night is D night and that is you know as long as we put it mass as long as we have you know we don't have life in the way of too many people and not being able to them not being able to attend um 
but yeah, that's it's a great break, right? Yeah, Just, it really is. You know, and yeah, I'd kind of do it in person, but I, I like having this time box that this is the time we play and this is the time we're all arranging to be either off work or taking breaks from our like m- half, at least half the group is uh, our artists or um, freelancers. So, mm-hmm. you know, that way it's like, yes, here is a break point in your day that you can, yes. you know, especially on a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you come back from the weekend, because I've also taken to sort of not dealing with my emails on the weekends, that's a way mm-hmm. that I've been giving myself a break because email oh, yeah. is hell. Um, I hate my email so much. If I could pay somebody to handle my, that's the dream as an artist is to be able to hand somebody all of my social media, except for my Twitter and just be like, do this for me, take my pictures <laughs> and just handle that. Um, yeah, that is just magical. Because when you freelance, right? Like you can mm-hmm. just you could go for 14, 18 hours. You could go oh, I yeah. mean I certainly I'm I'll get a little manic um because I am bipolar and I will have days where, you know, I literally work for three days in a row or four days right. in a row and there's not a whole lot of sleep happening and you're in the zone and so being able to to have a point where you have to physically stop and be intentional about that can mm-hmm. be a real game changer when you're not in a nine to five schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, for at least one of, one of, uh, one of my artist friends who's, who's part of the group, like, um, she absolutely has the capability of saying, I am going to finish three commissions tonight. And maybe those three con- commissions will take three hours each. And then, you know, nine hours later and Oh crap. Uh, because I have watched her at conventions just like load up because this is the moneymaker and sit down mm-hmm. after, you know, dealer's room closes, get food, and then work until, you know, 8 a.m., catch a couple hours sleep before the dealer's room opens. Like, mm-hmm. this is what she does. And it's so intense. And so, you know, I think having that break for her has been is really good. So, yeah, because you can just drive yeah. yourself into the ground. I mean, you yeah. really can. Oh, Especially, yeah. you know, the world is not made. Uh, our world, again, I'm just going to keep bitching about capitalism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our world is really not made uh, to pay artists. We don't pay artists enough. Mm-hmm. We don't value their work. We don't value their hourly. We don't value what, oh, what yeah. they create for what it actually should be. You know, when if you sit down as an artist and... I've had a lot of people ask me sort of, well, why don't you sell your quilts or why don't you sell your textiles? And I'm like, because I would have to sell them to you for $2,000 or $5,000 for how much time I spend in them. And nobody's going to buy a quilt for $5,000. Like they're just not. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, Because you, you just, you really, you have to hustle for something that is deeply undervalued or people always want to undercut you for what you're creating or, you know, I had a, oh, yeah. a girlfriend who's um, she's a metalsmith. She has just an incredible amount of of skill and background. Um, her name is Maria Camera Smith, and she is so talented and so skilled. And she just had a show, 
And, you know, as the, she had some people who were going through the show and she literally overheard them say, well, maybe if we wait until a show comes down, then the artist will, um, you know, ask for less for the pieces. And it's just like, yeah, it's so gross. So I'm not surprised that, yeah. that your artist friend has to sit down and hustle that way. I, I watch, um, the art shows and the art show auctions and there's always the like depending on the art show because art shows have been sort of a dying breed at conventions the last several years mm -hmm. but at least at the uh fur cons um mm -hmm. they're they're still alive and they will have you know here's the there's the buy it now price there's the um you know, the, you can bid, you know, the, the traditional bids. And then there's the, um, after the bidding and everything closes, what's the price? And I notice a lot of the artists have not for sale as that option there. It's like, no, if, if it doesn't go for either the buy it now price at the art show or bidding, then no, I'm not going to do it just to move it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Good for them. I think that that's a great yeah. way to, to handle things. And I think that you kind of have to in a lot of ways yeah. because people are just too willing to, to, to rip you off or to just not pay you what your value is. Um, and that's been a real big lesson for me in mm -hmm. my mid-30s is asking for what I'm worth and, yeah. and just not dealing with it. And, you know, again, there's a lot of privilege in that and being able oh, yeah. to say, well, if you're not going to pay me what I'm worth, then we're not even going to this conversation is over. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, I feel like if people, if you don't, if you don't have people doing that, then, then uh, people just expect you to give it away for free. And there are so many people who will gladly take it for free. Um, I have to expand uh, the, content warning box because i keep hitting points and say right there's a warning for that and okay <laughs> i'm sorry you should have it's I fine you should have known that our content warning box in a conversation with me was gonna take up like <laughs> i mean <laughs> i had a hint <laughs> i regret nothing no apologies no i never i never regret that sort of thing um <laughs> So what does a typical day look like? Are you as structured in the, like, I have to get up at a certain time, or is that a little more flexible and based around what appointments, you know, how's that look? Um, no, that is a new thing that I have also been experimenting with is sort mm -hmm. of letting myself, um, not feeling bad about if I sleep in. Um, mm -hmm. That is a thing that I really struggle with, especially as a night owl or, you know, my functional hours are from 5 p.m. to about 8 a.m. That's where I work best. That's where my brain works best. Um, yep. Given my druthers, I would sleep all day and then I would just be nocturnal. Um, and so I have been sort of fighting the guilt that comes along mm -hmm. with that and feeling like you're not productive if you are not awake at 9 a.m. Um, so I let myself sleep in a little bit. Uh, lately, my schedule has really been, um, I've been going to uh, the metalworking studio up in West Palm Beach, which is called mm -hmm. um, Armory Art Studio. And so... I've been taking classes and then they have open studio hours and I rent a bench there. 
And so I've been sort of really within the confines of the armory, which is open from 9.30 to 5.30, and classes are usually in three-hour chunks, um, and studio hours are in three-hour chunks. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that has been a way that I spend pretty much five, day, five days a week as I have been picking up kind of the, this new skill set. Um, I spend at least three hours there. Um, right. And then usually I'll come home um, you know, in the morning, I will feed the animals, uh, make my coffee to come with me to the studio, um, go to the studio, work my three-hour chunk or take my three-hour class, have an hour lunch, come back for studio hours, usually work for another three hours. That takes me to about 4.30. And mm-hmm. then I'll come home and grab some food, feed the animals, and <laughs> <laughs> and. And then my evening will be some kind of other animal care, not mammalian animal care. That'll be like the spiders and the isopods right, are usually right. one night or the snakes. Cause I have nine snakes and the snakes will be another night. Um, and they kind of require a little bit of rotation for like cleaning their tanks out and oh, yeah. you know, getting the humidity right and all that jazz. Um, and then I'll usually settle in for some kind of craft work or artwork um, at home. Um, whether that be writing, which usually I'd say happens probably two or three nights a week now, um, or I'll just kind of rotate through what is feeling good at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a project that I'm working on in the studio in terms of quilts or, you know, printmaking or whatever it is that I'm working on, I'll settle in with that uh, for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um and if I'm not in the zone, then I've been trying to stop around 1 a.m. If I'm in the zone, then I just go. <laughs> um, yeah. And that will take me anywhere from, you know, 1 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then, you know, the day, the next day will kind of vary based on what I have going on. A lot of times if I do a doctor appointment, I will set that up for first thing in the morning because then you're mm-hmm. in the first thing in the morning and you don't have to deal with the backup that happens. Um, so frequently if we just kind of get close enough to that appointment, I'll just stay awake till the appointment. Um, (laughs) that also, there's like a level of anxiety that comes along with the, like the medical PTSD. And so I find that the nights before big appointments, especially I'm just up anyways, I can't do anything about that. It's a little bit like being frozen. Uh, Yeah. yeah. The same thing, but you know, it's in the same family. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I will have sort of chunks of time where, like I said, that'll be kind of like two or three days that I do. And then, you mm-hmm. know, there's a, like a recovery day where I just sleep for 18 hours and yep. that's the day and that's fine. Um, <laughs> so I, there's not, there's like kind of internal structure to my life right now, but not yeah. really. I mean, it's, really. it's, it's routine and it's, uh, it, it just, it varies a little more based on day and whether you hit the groove or not. Yeah, Um, exactly. Exactly. So now we get to the really fun questions. Okay. Wait, I'm going to put you, I'm sorry. Can I hold you for a minute? So Derek can come inside because the animals are going to lose their shit. I I, am going to pause recording and actually we will use this as my chance to run out and check on the chickens. Beautiful. Do that. I'm going to go tell them to come inside. See you in a second. Yep. I, I have this friend, C, uh, named Tina, and if you put her near technology, uh, it will do weird things. And I'm still getting used to this software, so the fact that it just started a second recording by reloading the page is 
um, you know, still still something I'm getting used to uh, because yep. apparently pause does not actually pause; it stops, and you have to create a new. Rec- I don't even get it anymore. So, don't you love just learning the way new things work? So actually, fun. I kind of do on this one because I'm, mm-hmm. I think I'm getting a better uh, recording oh, that's out of it. Nice. So. That's yeah, nice. yeah, that's the big that thing. That means everybody can hear my lisp in high definition. I mean, um, <laughs> it's 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 great. It's it's part of who you are. Um, I, uh, I I I won't apologize for the lisp. I will apologize for anybody who has their headphones on while I am cackling. Uh, that's that's loud. <laughs> that's loud. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Process y'all. for that too. Uh, okay. All right. Fun questions. Um, Ready? Talk to me, Goose. All right. The first one, Maverick, is... See, I got the reference. Um, Thank you. uh, The first one is, uh, what's the best advice uh, you've been given and or the best advice you'd give someone else? The best advice that I have been given and the best advice that I give to other people is that at the end of the day, you are the person you are stuck with. And so you cannot spend your life trying to please other people. The person that you have to please is yourself. The person you have to like is yourself. The person you have to be comfortable with is yourself. And if you spend all of your time trying to make other people happy, at the end of the day, you will be sad. So much truth in that one. And you, I mean, you I have the to learn you it. Die with. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think everybody has to learn it, and usually the hard way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why am I putting four down when this is not question four I'm about to ask? It's question six. I'm counting backwards now on my notes. Um, I don't know. I have problems with numbers and left and right. I, I have left yeah. tattooed on my thumb so that I can keep <laughs> it straight. So There you go. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a system, too, technically, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell I mine really apart by yeah. It. I tell mine apart by what's on my forearm. If it's the one with the knife, it's my left arm. So that's fair. my uh, oh, I guess my knife is on my left arm too. Twins. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. Here comes here comes the easy but often sad question. My favorite. Um, all right. How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Fucking poorly, but I'm getting better at it. Um, so I am, as so many of us are, uh, you know, one of those uh, burnout gifted kids who did everything right and um, was always at the top of my class and was always the best at what I do and was always successful. And that means that when I don't hit goals, um, I, I, uh, there's so much sad. Um, there's a lot of, of just self-recrimination and misery and depression and moping and sad. And sometimes a little bit of angry to go along with that. Um, you know, if somebody else is delivering me a rejection or if somebody else is delivering me edits or whatever and I'm like well fuck you that's great um and what I have learned (laughs) to do in those moments is to step away and to take a break before I respond to them or before I um 
before I accept edits or before I look at them or before I have an emotional reaction. And I will frequently, if I happen to be in person, which does not happen quite as frequently given pandemic times and the fact that freelancing occurs online. Um, but if I need space, I will ask for it. I literally say um, either that I need to get back to them or that I need a few minutes or I need a specific amount of time. And this is a great therapy tool. Um, this works in conversations as well. Um, mm -hmm. Just just being able to say, I, you know, I'm having an emotional reaction right now. I'm not even sure that I can tell you what those emotions are right now. I need a few minutes to process. I can come back to this in a specific amount of time or tomorrow or whenever. It's very important to say when you can come back to it. Um, don't leave it open-ended. Uh, and then go process somewhere else. Yeah. Hug your feelings somewhere else. Um, don't have your feelings at the person. I spent a lot of time having feelings at the person and, and being kind of very um, just self-righteous about that for a long time. And that's not the right approach, it turns out. It's uh, kind of very alienating for for you yeah. and friends. Just a tad. All right, now the happy question. But often difficult. Um, do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how? Fuck yes, I do. <laughs> I think it's so important to celebrate your successes. Um, for me, my little dopamine triggers, that the, the things that work for me are I, I'm a buyer. I like to buy things. I like to celebrate milestones and goals with objects. Um, so frequently, you know, if I succeed at something, I will buy something for it. Um, whether that be, I mean, I, and I will do it for lots of things, you know, really hard medical tests uh we'll get like a fountain pen uh and just like that's the that's if if you need a fountain pen to get through whatever invasive test this is then baby you can have a fountain pen um a lot of times oh, when man. i'm doing what i if i knew there were going to be fountain pens i would have scheduled this for longer <laughs> i love them so clearly yeah. this is oh, yeah, this yeah. Was, uh, Oh, you can see this beautiful bay. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, oh, oh! I just, I just, yeah. I think I just saw those coming through. What was the one? I just got a. a it's in one of my pen cases. I just, I just got a new sailor. So. Ooh, you'll um, have to send me a picture. Yeah. 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 Fountain, fountain so. pens definitely hit the button. Um, the other thing that I have been doing for myself lately is investing in kind of nice jewelry from other makers. So I will do payment plans with makers and mm -hmm. I will, if I get paid for a job or I succeed at a job, I will put a payment towards a piece, kind of a, a nicer, pricier piece, which is nice because then I feel like I am also investing in other artists and that's awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And sometimes if it's a little thing, like if I'm not getting paid for something, but I just happen to succeed at something or feel good about mm -hmm. something, you know, I will, uh, I will just like get myself a little piece of food that feels good. Chocolate, something sweet. I have a major sweet tooth. Um, right. So I'm, I'm very big on, on celebrating successes. Uh, that's, I think it's really important. And I think that you mm -hmm. are allowed to define what a success is. And I think that yes. if people define even little teeny tiny things as successes, it really helps kind of with 
your ego and with feeling like you're being productive and with feeling like you're succeeding, which makes being productive easier, which makes succeeding easier. So I yep. am all about you got you got to celebrate. And it's like celebrating yourself too, you know, which you yeah. really have oh, to absolutely. do. Yeah. I think, you know, that loops back to that question, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're the person that you have. So if you're not celebrating yourself, you know, who the fuck is? Yeah. And life is too short to write with shitty pens that you don't like how they feel. Let's be honest here. It's so fucking <laughs> true. It really is. It really is. Also, just, I, I feel like there are, I feel like there are overlapping Venn diagrams of people. And I feel like frequently fountain pen people are also dice goblins. Like like ink collectors and dice goblins are overlapping Venn diagrams. I, I, I uh, to quote my wife, first of all, fuck you. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I might have a bit of the dice goblin thing going on too. You yeah. Know, yeah. When, when I was. Kickstarter, uh, yeah, hit for the which dice one? that was uh, the. I happen to have a set right here in my handy dandy um, uh, a, a travel dice case, along with my my uh, my mimic dice case. Um, awesome dice awesome bag, yeah. Mimics. So I hate them. Yes. Um, so I don't know if this is that that may this may not show up, but this is. Does it have a, the center, a, the liquid center? Oh no! No, it's entirely made up of little teeny tiny skulls. And then gold numbers on it. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna have to send me a close up picture of that. That sounds really cool. Or if I can find the link for the original the original Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please. Um Yeah, but I I was just like, Nope, gotta have these. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you just can't say no. That's fine. Yeah. Hold on. Add add link for those. All right. I feel like I was talking to a, a friend earlier about this this collecting thing. You know, again, mm-hmm. there are some of us who just have brain. Actually, I'm going to go get this. You might be able to see it. Okay. You might not. I have it right out here. Yeah. So part of being a metal worker, especially when you work in jewelry, oh. you like shiny things. And so my friend I was talking about having, yep, having a sapphire that she has mm-hmm. had for a really long time. Um, this is Effie Seiberg, a great uh, science fiction writer, uh, for those who have not heard of her. Um, she's very funny, very droll. Um, and so she was talking about having the stone, and I was showing mm-hmm. her some of my pieces, and... We were talking about how when when you work in jewelry, you just collect stones, and you oh yeah, have, you don't have plans for them. You just like, mm-hmm. you know, she was like, "Well, what are you going to do with those?" And I was like, "I I'm going to pet them. I don't have plans for these. <laughs> I just I see a shiny and I want a shiny." Yeah, no, it makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, we we brought, uh, I believe, some beads and some stones. I don't know if my mother will actually use them, but we brought them back from. A uh, couple of our travels for my mom, who does beading and things like that. So, oh, beads are dangerous too. Yep. Yeah. Oh, terribly. All right. Well, that's all the 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 big interview questions. Awesome. Um, the the next to last thing is, um, uh, as we've said on previous shows, we don't need money. We are very privileged in that. We're doing great. Um, don't give us money. 
give somebody else money who needs it more than we do. Is there a charity uh, you would like our listeners to give their money to instead of giving it to us? Oh, shit. <laughs> this is the one that this is a hard question. Why is this such a hard question? Yes, there are charities and I have I had a list of them and you're not the first person to ask me this this week either. <laughs> um, criminy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait. Okay. So I really like, and this is a program that is based in San Francisco and will tie into so much of what we talked about. Um, they are called P- pets are wonderful support pause p-a-w-s um and they provide free comprehensive support services for pets of older adults and individuals living with disability or illness oh my god i love them they are (laughs) super cool um we we support them through harper's promise we uh we're on a pause with harper's promise right now but we make Mm -hmm. donations to them um they are super cool they have a really wonderful mission they are just friggin' awesome and when you pull them up they'll be under the shanti project s-h-a-n-t-i um but if you just google pets are wonderful support you will find them all right. Well, then we will, uh, uh, I, I want everybody to go out and support this because th- this is an absolutely fantastic, fantastic Yeah, they're super, thing. super cool. Yeah. I love them. All right. So where can our listeners find you online? If you, I mean, you have a public Twitter. So yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I not like you're going to hide Twitter. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I use it uh, possibly a little too much. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Preaching to the I'm choir. Just, <laughs> that's, that's where I put my thoughts. I'm fine with it. Uh, so you can find me pretty much all over the internet um, at Mortuary Report, M-O-R-T-U-A-R-Y Report. Um, or alternatively, you can go to my website, which I swear I'm going to update soon. <laughs> I promise it's on my to-do list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's stayweirdbekind.com. Which I loved when you launched. Um, and I think that was, it was just absolutely fantastic. Thank you. At some point I will mm-hmm. have my act together enough to, I've dabbled a little bit in the merchandise and stuff with it. And it's a, uh, it's, I'll get to it. I'll get back to, I have too yeah. many things that I like to do with my I, life and not enough time. I, yeah, I, uh, believe me, I understand completely. And sometimes you just have to say, okay, I need to put something aside and focus on this other thing for a little while. You know? yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And sometimes it's, I'm just tired of this thing, but I want to come back to it. Maybe when I'm more interested. So maybe I'll go play with this other thing for a while. Yeah. yeah no, I dig absolutely. it. Absolutely. And being able to do that is so mm-hmm. good for your brain. You, you got to be able really. to just pause. You got to pause. Mm-hmm. It's important. You got to pause. Yeah. You got to pause. All right. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us. Thank you. Brilliant. This was super yeah. fun. It's, a, it's such yep. a cool concept for a podcast. And it's such an interesting I love, I feel like part of why I, I have been in all of the service industries that I'm in is because I like spying on people. Um, and this is, <laughs> this is a fun way to spy on people and you learn a lot about people from the way it's, that they organize their productivity. It's, it's been um, a wild ride 
this last five years. And I can say that because um, if everything is scheduled out properly, this will be uh, just after uh, that five-year mark. So uh, awesome. you get to be one of the, the earliest episodes in year six. Yay! Um, that's cool. So, yeah. All right, And kudos um, to you for making this thing happen for six years. That's awesome. I, I, I try. I try. Sometimes, you know, it, it works better than others. So. <laughs> right. And anytime you want to come back, you just drop me a line. We'll make it happen. Thank you. You're a doll, yep. and I have had so much fun. Yay. Uh, and on that note, for the people at home, we will be back after this. I want to thank Ace for coming on the show. It was an absolute joy, and I have really wanted to get them on this uh, in an interview for a while, and uh, the stars aligned and everything worked out. So, hey, isn't that awesome? Um, so let's talk about our word for this week. Our word for this week is stay weird. That's right, stay weird just like stayweirdbekind.com, right? Um, yeah, so you can take that word and you can go to productivityalchemy.com and you can type it in the little box there for badge codes and voila, you will get a badge. And if you want to find out more about badges and like what they are and how to get them and we won't talk about the system that I'm trying to replace now but I haven't found a good one for yet. Uh, but uh, you find out all that stuff at productivityalchemy.com and there are also links to things like back episodes. There are links to you know all the show notes for all the shows and then there's that support link. You don't need to click that. Really, don't, don't click that. Um, you should instead give your money to people who need it way more than we do. Way more than we do. And this week, as I said, it, or as Ace recommended, uh, we have Pets Are Wonderful Support or Pause um, is a great place to give your money to support people and, uh, and their pets. Um, Harper's Promise is the other one. And I have a note here for the uh, Shanti Project. So these are three things that uh, you should give your money to that aren't us. Very important to get, not give money to us right now. We're good. And there are people who need it way more than we do. So yeah, that's it. Um, I'm going to set this thing to uh, make a podcast. And then I'm going to go like pass out, got a busy day tomorrow and it's kind of late and really that's it. So you know what folks, if you're in the US, you get a long weekend, hopefully. If you don't get a long weekend, I'm very sorry and I hope you get some time off coming up. Um, if you have that time off though, take it, recharge, rest up, disconnect, seriously disconnect. And then that way, when you come back next week, uh, you can, you know, stay productive. Wow, that went on way longer than I thought it would. <laughs>